0: Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic Indie Creator interview. It's your Cape Cody and we're keeping it geekly with our new guest, Travis Gibb. We're here to break down No Contest, Issue 1 and 2, and everything in between. And before we step into the octagon, Travis, welcome to the stream. How are you doing tonight, man?
1: Dude, it's great, man. It's a it's a good night. Uh, you know, I got my kids to bed early. I got to do a lot of comic stuff today, which is good. But so it's, it's been a good day. Good, good day all around, so... Happy to, to be relaxing. Uh, I was up till like three doing edits last night, so I'm ready to do this interview, do one more, and then uh, put in an early night for once. Wow! <laughs> oh, I mean, you you had me right there the
0: whole entire... I was up late last night, kids went smooth, uh, right to bed, had an awesome day, but another interview after this, you are... A man of just like pure workload. Holy crap, man! Uh, I have a lot of respect for that. Uh, how, how, how do you keep it going? You just playing it when all the kids are
1: sleeping. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, I want it. It, it sounds, it sounds like I kind of douchey, but like I really want it. Like, so I, I work extra hard at it. And I, I spend the extra hours and do it. Uh, you know, it's not that I don't slack off, and in my creative mind, the way it works is I tend to like process a lot. So I'll do a little bit, a little bit, and then it all hits me at once and I need to be ready to do mm-hmm. that. It's all going to come out, you know, cause I'll do like 12 pages. I'll have done like three the week before, but like, this is like 12 to 14 to 20. So I've got to be ready for when my brain wants to like ignite. So I, I work really hard and, you know, I'm doing stuff and learning new things, direct market uh, this year and just trying to figure out uh, the balance of life in comics. It's a a, a hard balance
0: to find. I mean, even just life and consuming comics. So I can't even imagine creating them. But before we get into that, let's begin with the basics. You know, who are you and how did you begin your first steps into the journey of creating comics?
1: Yeah, so I'm Travis Gibb. Um, I was born in uh, Rochester, New Hampshire. The reason why I say that is because it's very uh, impartial to my growing up. So I'm in my 40s, and uh, I grew up around uh, where the ninjas were from. So Rochester, New Hampshire, and Dover, New Hampshire, right next to each other. So for me, like comics and indie comics were such a thing. You know, it was a big in our town. You know, these local guys made it. Peter Peter, Peter Lard, Kevin Eastman were making it, doing their crazy thing. You know, so I started collecting very early, very young. Um, I've collected, uh, you know, Amazing Spider-Man and X-Men ever since. I was a kid i have every issue since i was 12 years old um you know it was wild and that's not counting every issue appearance of carnage and venom and like i'm a i'm a huge collector i love the the comics Mm -hmm. uh and i always wanted to do a creative process in fact i went to i went to college for film uh but when i was in film school i i broke off and uh you know i realized that my when I applied for credit cards, I didn't get as many as Kevin Smith. For some reason, he got a lot more approvals than I did. Uh, probably better upgrading family. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, uh, I had to, to do stuff and I found out comics were a lot cheaper. So I started doing some comics on the side and doing, so some a few stuff. Uh, and then it's just grown into a career over time,
0: you know? So you basically just broke away from film because the finances, you know, weren't there.
1: Basically, well, that was the other thing. And then I had a, I, uh, how do you say this politely? I got someone pregnant.
0: Uh, I get, I get <laughs> that. I get that. I had three kids myself. That d- tends to throw a little monkey wrench into what you're a- able yeah, to do, yeah. right? Like, <laughs>
1: and uh, I always wanted to be a good dad. My, my dad wasn't great. Uh, I have shared very publicly, you know, my parents were drug addicts. And and so I, I had a rough upbringing um, In fact, my dad died over an overdose a couple of years ago. Um, So being a good dad was super important to me. So I stopped everything to just be a dad. So I was just like, all right, cool. I'm going to get a job, started web design and doing marketing. And that's I own a web design company, so it worked out really well for me. But that was my my focus is just being a dad. And it took, you know, finding uh, my wife, you know, through very trials and tribulations, finding my wife who's just like, why, why can't you do both like you know i need someone to tell me you know hey uh because uh the daughter mother of my child is not was was not my uh was not my wife we did not get married uh, i feel out. that
0: too i feel that too three uh three <laughs> children three different uh mothers
1: <laughs> all right <laughs> life, okay.
0: life comes at you fast we have a uh, wesley gift travis gift is the man welcome to the the channel uh wesley appreciate hey, wesley. you joining us over on facebook uh man you know and it's one of those things too like being a father, you're so determined on making your children, you know, raising them, giving them everything you didn't have, you know, the experience you didn't have. But in, in that, in that aspect, yeah, I mean you're taking away something because you're not giving that experience to yourself too right like you're not enjoying what you want to enjoy uh because there, there is a balance that you can walk between the two uh you know i myself run a lot of my po- podcasting you know when i have my kids i i don't like to do any of this like i know we were trying to coordinate a, a date to set this up i'm like hey man if we can get this while they're at school or after their you know bedtime let's run it like uh <laughs> and i think you know finding that balance like lets you you know bring back you know your hobbies and stuff because i think a big part of this is uh, bad parents you know they're just not ready to be parents right they still want to be kids they still want to follow their their dreams and their passions and you know right. i relate to that man a ton
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i i was still storytelling you know in that i i'm a, I'm a gamer so i was mm-hmm. doing uh live action role playing so i was doing a uh, huge live action games, like huge 100 player games you know to, so i was doing that on the regular so i was still telling stories but there's no way to make that profitable, right? There's no, yeah, telling those LARPs or running your Dungeons Dragons game. Very few people, very, very few, like less than comics, can make a living off of that, right? And they're uh, still doing it, they're not giving that up, <laughs> right. right? So, you know, uh, it took a long time in growing up and figuring out because, you know, and I'm lucky I did LARP live action role playing because at a time you look around, and you're like, oh, I'm the creepy old guy, I always hated that guy. Crap, I'm there now, like, I'm at that age. So you're like, all right, I got to start phasing out. And, uh, you know, what happened was my wife found a book called Broke Down and Four Dead Bodies. I had a full two issues done in a folder. I was just showing her like, oh, yeah, you did this comic. She's like, that's really stupid that you have a full completed comic in a folder and it's not done. And I had no comeback for that. Like, what, what do you say? <laughs> like, you're right. That is really dumb. Like, because uh, I knew about Kickstarter, I knew about all these things. So uh, we produced it. And, uh, you know, now we're, we're doing, you know, like 12 titles a year. It's ridiculous.
0: Wow! And all it took was just a push from your wife the, to get the momentum going. It's 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 remarkable. how it, it just takes that little spark to ignite the whole fire. Yeah. So, uh, what was that story about? You said you already had the first four issues already pretty much done. And first two issues,
1: I had the first, first two, two issues. issues It's all broke down in forty bodies. It's completely done. There's it's a uh, it's all finished. In fact, later this year we're gonna go in a graphic novel. And it was so I love crime comics. There's not a lot of them out. Uh, but I love crime comics and I always wanted to tell one like like I liked when I was a kid. So it's like Quentin Tarantino inspired like, mm-hmm. like crime comics. So it's about two guys who break down on the side of the road. They have four dead bodies in the trunk and a case. Um, and they have to deal with that situation, right? They're supposed to get the case to a certain person. They have bodies, they have people who are investigating, and tons of people have to get them from a, a, a biker gang, from a Mexican drug cartel, to the police, you know, to random farmers who are driving by, to the guy who owns the case. Everybody's out to get them. And these two guys don't like each other. <laughs> um, but it's a big who done it, you know there's a big twist mm-hmm. at the end and stuff like that so yeah it's a four issue uh it's about 150 pages long but it, it was super fun to do and I was so happy to get back and get that out and finished and finally putting in trade this year because we've been so busy it finished uh I think two years ago never got a chance to put in trade we're gonna make sure that's a priority congratulations issue. how many issues uh was it just two or did you have other uh, was, other issues it's, it's four issues it's a four okay. issues total. uh but they're really big so they're like 32 28 i think 27 and then like 40 and for the last one so they're they're double size issues
0: was this uh was uh, half of the series done before your child was born or was that something you you came up with like kind of during the beginnings
1: no yeah no it was before (laughs) uh, my child was born uh you know uh, it was probably when she was pregnant i was working on it and paying the artist and it was funny funny enough the guy who was the artist had a kid as well and he was just like hey uh I don't know if I have time to finish it. And when my wife said it, I messaged him out of the blue. I was like, Hey, um, you want to finish this book? And he's like, yeah, I want to finish this book <laughs> we both got together. We busted ass and we finished the book and it was my first Kickstarters and getting all that together. And it's, it's really well received. People really love it. And I did really well. Like I was raising six to 7,000 on Kickstarter for a crime book. I don't wow. know if you look at crime books, crime books are like the 2,500. They don't do well on Kickstarter. And you said that was
0: like your first one, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five years ago. That was my first. Yeah,
0: wow. Wow. So how did it feel to come back to that series after, you know, the birth of your child and like the, the sudden boost of inspiration, like how did it feel picking up the pencil again?
1: Uh, it, it, man, that was, it, it was tough. It was tough because, uh, you know, it, as you're writing a story, you realize that, you know, the way you told it, like for instance, the first issue feels like a Quentin Tarantino. Image movie feels 100% like one. And my intent was because I was a young rookie writer back then, like not now. And I, but I kept it was, oh, I want something familiar to bring them in. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to change the script and show I can write like I'm going to shock you. Well, the problem with that is all people, when they read the first issue, oh, it's just a rip off of Quentin Tarantino. And I'm like, yes, but like, you gotta read the rest and you'll know that like, I got my own stuff. And like, mm-hmm. so, so learning those lessons were really fun. And also the the ending and the twist and the the way I wrote things, I could do it from a more mature level and it was easier to spread those out at a, as I've had more time and uh, develop my craft. Cause like I said, I was writing, you know, I don't know if you've ever role, ran a role playing game. like live-action role-playing so they run you run like weekly like every sunday or whatever for like four hours but throughout the week people are sending you emails about what their character is doing during that week so i'm telling stories with people all the time and mm-hmm. people are coming over my house and running things like it's like a full-time effing job that you're not getting paid for it's not a good plan um, it's fun that you you know you get to hang out with your friends and do that but beyond that so i was really skilled at telling that and doing it um you know i would have done it differently now i would have made sure i got it to 24 pages and stuff like that but it was it was kind of cool and it's it's one of the greatest things about kickstarter the freedom right when we go to the Mm -hmm. comic store it's gonna be 20 to 24 pages if it's double size it's gonna cost you a lot extra where in kickstarter you can kind of do whatever you want you know books vary in size and what they get because nobody's telling you hey man you know that your return is going to be blah 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 like some no one's figure out the hard math of how, how little pages you have to do to make an issue to make mm-hmm. sure you're profitable. Like all that stuff's out the window. Cause you're just doing whatever the story dictates, which I think is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, you don't end up like sinking yourself into a hole or a corner you can't get out of. Right. Like, cause there's really not restrictions holding you back. You're able to kind of just, you know, go and run with it. Uh, but in that same aspect, do you think maybe that might lead to some trouble? Like someone might, you know, might accidentally put themselves into a hole or a corner because they have too much room to play with.
1: It is. Yeah. Um, one of the things when I was trying to pitch it around for a distribution to like a scout or source point is they, they taught me that because the ending is like double sized, like that's not going to work because in comics. So if you go to the direct market, your first issue is going to be the best selling of it all. Issue two is going to be half of what issue one is. Issue three is going to be half of what issue two is. And like it dwindles that's down to so basically. depressing. <laughs> right, right. So Kickstarter. Kickstarter, you're going up. Every issue, you go mm-hmm. up and throw. Um, so having the issue that's more pages at the end is not the best plan, right? Um, so I rewrote the story, added some pages, and separated it out. So like it's a five issue. If I ever went to the direct market, it'd be a five issue series instead of a four to kind of make it play out. And it actually like God with me, like made, made it work because in the every one of my issues, I have a flashback mm-hmm. and then in issue four, because it's 40 pages, I have another flashback in it. So I can cut it at the flashback and every issue would start with a flashback, which is, which is kind of cool. It worked out very kismet, uh, which is very nice. But yeah, that was my first work and I'm super proud of it. Now, you know, we've had a couple of distributors who uh, it'll probably be published this year we're, we're talking to some people uh, but i really want to get that trade and kind of own it first before i like give it to anybody else so we have
0: a uh, wesley gift uh just back this can't wait hey thank you for uh back and we thank always love back. seeing back into the show that's awesome wesley thank you for joining us once again so you said you're up to 12 issues a year that you're releasing
1: yes yes yeah. wow. not of like title, various titles yeah
0: wow so i mean i i know you said a lot of that you know came from like your days when you would write stories for LARPing, uh, but like, how do you keep that engine just going? That is impressive.
1: <laughs> you know, um, So a lot, I, I really want to make it as high as I can. And I know that age is against me, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, comics are a young man's game. I mean, it, comics are a weird thing, right? Are you a Marvel and DC guy? Are you, yeah, you buy yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm literally fighting so I can get fired in like three to four years, right? Cause nobody lasts past three to four years. Like there's exceptions and outliers, of course, but most people last like they're I mean, Colin Bunn is no longer relevant to Marvel and DC. He's relevant everywhere else, but to Marvel and DC, he's out, right? Like where back in the day he was doing everything. Like it's such a weird thing. And I know that time's kind of against me. So I'm trying to pump as much thing as I out. So when I go to an editor, I'm just like, look at all this stuff look at my sales records. What can I do? Like, like, let's, let's get there. Let's get there as fast as I can. Cause I really want to do this. I want to, uh, you know, I don't have a retirement plan. You know, I didn't plan those things ahead. I was raising my kid. Like it caught, co- I was a single father raising a kid. I didn't save. I didn't have that time to do anything. And then when I ran my own business, like there's so many ways to get out of paying taxes. Like, I'll be honest. <laughs> so I did it. So like, mm-hmm. I look at that, like it's, it's how I'm raising money for my kids is I need a couple of these to be, selling forever right yeah, to, yeah always selling on amazon and doing stuff to to help keep my stuff you know um, it's done.
0: crazy what you could use as a write-off i mean i just started right. doing the tax write-off like 25 percent of our rent because like i have a room dedicated like this whole entire room this is real this isn't yeah. a wallpaper like so i show the tax person i'm like listen i have a room like what can we do with that he's like well 25 percent your rent a little bit of your electricity some of your internet i'm like like, what about the stuff i buy like yep i'm like okay yep. so everything i backed <laughs> this year tax write-off like <laughs> my girl is probably sick and tired of hearing tax write-off because like i buy it i'm like don't worry you know we just gotta wait a year." she's like don't say it <laughs> <laughs> so you know what are you what are you doing to keep your the creative juices flowing though i mean 12 issues i know you know, just the desire and the dream, but is that, is that it? There has to be something that's like, what, what are you doing to make sure you're, you're kind of hitting that mark, you know, hitting, hitting your standard every time.
1: Well, it's, it's tough, right? Um, you know, cause each books have different standards, right? Certain books I'm trying to do this with some are doing different things. So each book has its own different desires. You know, I, and my Kickstarter is very, you know, we just did a children's book for orange cone that funded last week. It was only under $2,000. But I also have Cthulhu Invades Wonderland, which is $50,000. Like, they gasp. You know, I have my Granite State Punctuary is a 10 grand, but it's also it's got a Scout deal, you know, where I'm doing stuff with Scout Comics. So, how I do it, uh, one, I, I have ADD, so I, I jumped into my different titles, which is great. Um, two, I've got stuff like we're going to talk about tonight, No Contest, where people are hiring me to write stuff, so that helps get that flow. Um, and then I love, unlike other people, I love the sales process of it right? I love selling. I have no problem selling. I'm a salesman by trade. So selling my comics and selling my stuff and it feels so good. Like I want to buy your stuff and I want to buy it because your name's on it. Like that means so much to me. Oh yeah. And making sure I'm right by them and doing something right by them and getting, getting to where I need to go. So yeah. So I jump around between the titles and then I always want to partner with people. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to be a publisher. My whole goal was, all right, I'm going to write three series, got to finish them. These three trades will help me get into Marvel and DC. But then, you know, I did this part Oh, can you, are you good at anthologies? Oh yeah. I'm great at anthologies and try to figure it out. And then it became a publishing company overnight. Um, I hope I answered the question. I may have just read it. (laughs) So let's talk about your company
0: though. You know, so that all got created from just uh, an anthology.
1: Uh, So my company Orange Cone was from the beginning, like I, my goal, but it was a fake company kind of, it was like, Orange Cone was just going to publish Travis Gibb books, mm-hmm. right? So our, uh, we did work down in 40 Bodies. It was doing really well. Um, and then I started doing stuff and my wife is like, all right, this is great. But what book could you do that would help would, would make a decent amount of money? Because we saw all these people do it. I was like, oh, anything Cthulhu. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty good. I'm really good at public domain. Let's like Cthulhu and all." So I gathered all my friends who I've met in comics. The, who were more talented than me and said, hey, we work on this book with me. and We all did it together. We put it together. <laughs> we went out, I think it was like 30,000 people That helped. Um, and then I wow. met a guy, um, you know, I had a book idea. He hired me to write something for him. It didn't work out. And I was like, hey, can I have that idea? And that was Voodoo Nations. Can I have that idea? I'll tweak it so it's very different from your concept. But I have an idea that I, that really works with that. So I did that book and that's that's become a series. We're hitting issue four this year. Um, you know, and then I've been hired to do a book called Expired, which is also coming out this year. It's a sci fi book. someone's like, hey, I have this idea for a comic. I don't know how to write. Can your company publish it? So we did. And, you know, it just it's all these things just trickle like people hiring me to do things and, and going from there uh, one after another to another to another. To another. Um, and trying to make as many books as I can and trying to to do the best books I can you know I'm very lucky like granted say punk my this book here hold is,
0: on one second let me go ahead let's get a close-up of that baby
1: yeah this is, this comes out in scout so this is uh this is my baby um this is one of the first books that I've done where my art uh you know when you're doing indie comics people don't think about it but you have to pay what you can afford It's just reality. It's not that it's bad. It's just you can pay what you can afford. And then as you get good at this, you can afford someone better and it keeps growing and growing to better art. But better art produces better product, produces better, you know, more people backing things like that. Well, my grandmother died and I had some extra money and I was like, I could do one book, just one the way I want to do it. And that was granted say punk. He's the guy who I wanted. He's uh, you know, he's the guy that I would have never chose anybody else. I wanted to do a punk rock book. I wanted to talk about my family. I want to talk about New Hampshire. Um, so you may not know a lot about New Hampshire, but uh there's this face in New Hampshire. Here I can bring it up again. Uh th- th- there we go. It was on that page that I showed you right there. So see that face right there? Your mm-hmm. the middle finger. So that is on every coin of New Hampshire, every every license plate everything it's called the old man in the mountain uh it fell in like 2013 and i've always been upset about it because literally it's a landmark of the whole freaking state so uh, i i want to tell a fictional story of when that happened so i got to tell a story about my state and it was very cathartic because my parents i had every four years for a little bit my grandmother my dad and my my mom died all sudden you know four years of jesus so I, christ I man did, I did, like two years off then a death two years off then a death uh, so it was crazy. And um, I started hating the state. I started hating where I came from, you know, and I already shared earlier that I had problems with what was going on there. Um, so I started really hating everything about it. But then I had a kid, uh, me and my daughter, me and my daughter, me and my wife have a four-year-old son. Um, and uh, I realized that I had to get over it, right? Because you have to show your kid where you come from. Mm-hmm. So I had to get over it. I had to get over the pain, had stuff. So I've been writing and it's very cathartic and like kind of getting my emotions about and like being angry. So Scott, punk rock really helps, right? I can be angry and kind of spend it. And it did really well and got picked up by Scout. Uh, so we've been very lucky in that. It's led to other things like Coins of Judas that I got picked up from Band of Bards. And it's led to, to kind of a different route. So I got all these Kickstarter. And then I've got all these direct market books as well so before
0: we dive into the Kickstarter, because we're gonna be pulling that up in just a few moments yeah. I am curious about what does your routine look like when you get ready to sit down and do a script you know it does is it different every time do you have maybe like a certain playlist that you like to put on or like how do you get into the mindset to get to writing
1: well that's 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 a really good question um so I I always have fully fleshed idea and concept before I i go to page so i I don't write oh it's gonna we'll see where it goes i tend to go beginning middle and end and know what it says um my mindset has to be based on whatever i'm writing so uh, one of the secrets and this is a secret that i've actually never shared i don't think live you grab any of my books um that is an orange cone book so like uh, um uh sorry, Coins of Judas or Broke Down in Four Dead Bodies or Voodoo Nations, you'll notice that I name every name of the story is a music. So it's a soundtrack. It's a, of a band. So like Broke Down in Four Dead Bodies is uh, a band called Fun. I really like Fun. Uh, Voodoo Nations is Queen. Uh, Coins of Judas is Aerosmith. So I kind of pick a, a band and a vibe like this is the vibe that I want to go to. So that's the the band. And then I pick the music that kind of goes to that. Obviously, that's not not everything that i do but i try to have a voice and i try to sort of the the main thing i do for any of my story is what's the main crust of it what what is it like for instance voodoo nations is about my wife you know when my you know i go back to my mom dying um i lot you know when you have someone die on you you uh, have you had someone personal that really meant something to yeah. you die yeah like you change that 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 changes you forever and you don't know how you don't know why but you know you're different from that moment to to on Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, dude, I lost my father to uh, stage four lung cancer when I was nine years old. And like, I remember like being like 15 or 16, being like, I changed my whole personality to adapt, like to make friends. Cause I was like, so mentally, I didn't realize I became a whole new person, like mentally like tried to become like to fit in, like, so I can like, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm just like older, like, wow, dude, that like, that
1: is fucked. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So, so my wife, I I hadn't quite proposed to her yet. We were. We were still, you know, a year in. We knew we really wanted to be together and we were going down that path, but I was different. Like, I just knew. I was like, I'm not here. (laughs) Like, I don't know where I am and I don't know if I'm going to come back or who I'm going to be when this is all over. I know I love you and I know I want to be with you. That hasn't changed. I don't know who the fuck I am right now. You know, my mom messed me up. You know, my mom was in AA. You know, I talked to drinking. I literally went to New Orleans with my brother. Took my brother, like, flew him down from New Hampshire. And we were drinking in New Orleans. That is so messed up. My mom was in AA. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm not thinking right. I'm grieving. I'm trying to figure it out and process it. So Voodoo Nations is really about, like, that. It's it's my wife, you know, a fictional version of my wife, like, fighting for me. And the like trying to figure out who this guy is and whether or not it's worth fighting for and what love's worth and uh you know a a little biblical stuff equally yoked you know i believe that you become one flash when you get married so kind of tackling those issues so i i find a big core element to every one of my stories like this is the crust of what's important when when we talk about granite punk it's he's a he's a recovering alcoholic and He's he's a real recovering alcoholic not mm-hmm. oh I'm going to be clean no man he's going to he's going to mess up all the time he's going to relapse all the time like for real, because I used to go to the meetings with my mom. Like those guys would relapse weekly, <laughs> like, yeah. Like Monday clean, Tuesday not clean, Wednesday clean. Like, <laughs> like,
0: it's, all, it's, like a, it's almost like uh, they were getting clean because the, uh, they had to, like they got in really? trouble, and like they were like, okay, well, I'll go. Like,
1: <laughs> right. So, trying to find uh, that heart because I think any story that you're going to tell, it has to be a It has to be about love and bringing love into the world. Like some aspect has to be about goodness in the world. I mean, I guess it could be evil if you're writing a slasher or horror, but stuff I write tends to be like trying to to do good in the world. How do we do that? You know, because that's what I grew up. I didn't have, you know, I grew up on comic books. I didn't have a Bible to tell me my right and wrong. Spider-Man taught me what was right and wrong. He also mm-hmm. told me it's really hard to manage two checks at the same time. Like yeah. he, uh, he taught me lots of stuff, right? Yeah, already taught me like, hey, you can be a douche as long as you have more money than everybody else. Like I learned a lot of things. The Spider-Man <laughs> told me,
0: you know, if you become a Spider-Man, uh, wear, wear protection because uh, that fluid is very toxic and it's going to give right. your girl cancer. Holy crap. Uh, right. Did you ever
1: read that storyline? Like, I, like
0: oh my goodness oh my goodness
1: <laughs> it's, and th- like during the clone saga i remember like peter punched smack they wanted to like ma- villainize peter to, to get ben rowley to be the main spider-man and he hits mary jane and i was like i don't know what's happening here like i remember being tra- traumatized by it like mm-hmm. actually like hurt by it you know and that's not like talking the stuff you read in walking dead you know walking dead actually shocking you like while you're reading stuff i remember being in a walmart when andrea died like i was at a subway and i was like <gasps> and like everyone looks over to me like i'm having a heart oh no no someone just died in the comic you, you guys saw the show right like <laughs> spoilers you know,
0: right, spoiler, like, these,
1: these things affect you so I mean, that's why i, I want to write is things that affect you i want i want to be someone's favorite comic so how do so i do that
0: how do you feel about the uh aren't they coming with like a spin-off um for the walking dead series
1: uh yeah yeah they're coming out with a couple of them uh, for the for the you're talking about for the movies right for the yeah 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 i guess they're talking uh andrew i didn't love the ending i thought the ending for the comic book was better uh but i think they're having a negan one i don't know mm-hmm. i i kind of watch them after the fact like in binge like, I've i watched watch one
0: before. episode of the walking Dead, and i have not seen it sense i'm that <laughs> okay. guy same thing with game right, of thrones ahead. like <laughs> it's uh but you know hey hey i'll get there eventually uh one but, thing but I am. You, your name is keeping it geekily. You I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know. Hey, wait, I did watch The Last of Us, though. All right. All right. We'll totally. <laughs> cut up on here? Hey, and uh, you know, that is one thing we like to do here is keep it geekily. And I think the best way to keep it geekly is to talk about what we're here to talk about tonight. And that is no contest. So yeah. this is a uh, book that you were hired to write uh, for, correct?
1: Correct, yeah, yeah. Keep it giggly is a is a book that I, I write with a a local lawyer named Daniel Martinez.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh
1: he he was a fan of my work, he started reading him my comics, and he literally sat with me and was like, Hey, how can I invest? I do not really knew what that looked like. Uh and I have fear of losing rights to things, you know, like like anybody who's in a creative space, like you're mm-hmm. just like, I want to lose if you're giving me money, I like I like the money part, but I don't like any of the other stuff. like the paying back the like rights or Mm -hmm. any of those i don't want any of that like but i like the money part and i like creating comics uh, so I was like, Hey man, why don't we make a comic for you? Like, and see if you even like this, like, like, uh, let's make a comic. That's kind of like an advertisement for your law firm. We'll, we'll write a fictional story. We'll kind of, kind of do it. Cause he's a character, man. Like this guy legitimate as a fight lord. He goes to MMA fights, has a boxing gym, literally in his office. He does criminal defense. Like he'll get involved and in stuff, gives out tons of, tons of charity. He, he's a character. Um, and he has his own struggles that I'm not going to share his own struggles, but he has his own life story that that's been a little crazy. Uh, and I was like, well, I want to write some of that on the page. So we wrote no contest number one. It did really well. Uh, it really spoke to him. It helped him. And what a cool thing it is, right? Like when someone mm-hmm. comes in your law firm, you're like, oh, here's a here's a comic book I did that kind of kind of tells you what I'm all about and, and and do those things. So we decided to make it a series. So we're going to build it out to the trade. So we wrote an issue, too. Um, we decided in issue two that it needed to be a more, more comic So issue one's like an episode of Law & Order. Uh, but it, issue two is more of an issue to Daredevil, right? We've got yeah, gangs, yeah. they're wearing masks, they're doing stuff. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy writing it. I enjoy what we're, what we're doing with it. Um, and uh, it's really cool to be part of a process with somebody else, you know? We're, we're seeing the art together. We're giving critiques together. We hired a great art team from Brazil to, to put it together. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So Orange Cone, uh, what we do is we produce the book, but it's a hundred percent hit. So it's his, mm-hmm. under his brand, it's his Kickstarter, all, all that stuff. We just kind of help put him together and try to make it book, make it a book, though it is about a real person, like make it fun and not like um an ego trip or like a a selling pitch right yeah yeah like like, let's make it fun let's make it a real comic and that's we added some real stakes in this issue and doing stuff but because he's connected with all these mmas we have like an mma fighter fighter cover with all these mma guys i see it it
0: looks so realistic too were those like actual guys
1: those are all one is a fictional character all the rest are real uh mma guys so if you go and some of them are ufc we can't mention ufc on the Mm -hmm in the in the book just because of their rights but yeah there's uh there's some couple of people I'm trying to I'm, I'm looking up their names right now because I always forget I'm not I'm not a UFC guy <laughs> uh, I'm a wrestling guy you know WrestleMania I like mm-hmm. I like every I like my uh my fighting script it's very important to
0: me <laughs> uh real quick we have uh Benjamin Morse uh saying same could never get into the walking dead hey Ben thank you for joining us really appreciate seeing you in chat uh you know I don't know uh, what it was I, I it just maybe it was in the beginning that like uh, Rick's uh, you know his best friend was like smashing out his wife and I was just like yep I'm done I I can't get past this episode this killed it for me <laughs>
1: yeah well and and again like some people really loved it they picked up for a little bit but I feel it died quick like mm-hmm. like it it was still airing and still airing tons of episodes clearly people were watching it but like it went from like this is the most important thing is changing our genre to Oh, uh, you, you still watch Walking Dead? That's still on? Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> So I think right now would be a perfect segue. Let's go ahead and pull up the Kickstarter. Yeah. Check it out and uh, see what all this hype is about. We are looking at no contest issue one and two. MMA boxing meets law and order. Uh, currently at $649 of a $3,000 goal with 21 backers and 29 days left to go. Off to a strong start. I know you said, you know, this isn't really, uh, you're not really like in charge of running the Kickstarter, but so how are you feeling about the campaign so far?
1: Yeah, I love the campaign. in fact, I that that's one of the things that breaks my heart about this book. I think this book is really good, and I think that because there's a real life person in it, the lines get crossed. Right? You kind of feel mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a real life person. Like, is it is it real about him? And it's a fictional version of him, but uh, it, it's it's all written by me. I don't know the law. I don't know like I just claim I don't know anything about MMA. Like, like but. <laughs> but i've been having a lot of fun and building this big story arc of of it you know now that it's a mini series versus just a one shot we've gets to do a lot of really cool things with it too uh he's he's a big comic guy that's that's him and me at, at a comic show all the things to the left are all those books that i produce <laughs> um, uh, and that's that's him and i with issue one
0: and issue two looks Gorgeous. I love this cover. We have uh, Ben saying it was the scene where they covered themselves in zombie blood and guts to get away from them. Uh, checked it out. Book looks great. Uh, thank you, Ben. Uh, definitely appreciate it. Yeah, this looks gorgeous. What are we seeing on here? Uh, the guy with the mask is one bad looking mother effer like
1: <laughs> yeah they're brand new we don't give them a name so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it but they are a, a gang that works uh that that seem to want daniel martinez so in this issue and last issue uh basically he helps a uh, a fighter get uh basically they were trying to take his winnings and they tried to screw him over they set him up he finds out the conspiracy kind of beats it. In issue two we kind of go off from that fighters have heard about this and now they're coming to him and go hey can you get me out of this bad contract hey can you do this so all these fighters want him to represent him um so he's willing to do that even though he's a criminal defense lawyer uh but the guy to the right the guy with the scar bruno he manages all the the local fighting scene and he wants it to stop so he hired some bad dudes like the guy in the mask and his gang to to, to take him out. So this cover right here is like a smashing glass of all the things that's important to Daniel and what happens in the issue.
0: I love it. I love it. So not being very experienced with like writing law and, and MMA, you know, how did you get yourself prepared for this role? Did you rely on Daniel a lot for his expertise or, you know, what type of media did you consume to kind of get, put yourself in those shoes?
1: I, I had to watch some Law and Order, which I do not watch. And then I had to talk to him. And I like, uh, you know, I I love Daredevil, um, so so I, I I read some some law ish. I actually read Daredevil and She Hulk, so I right. I read both the law comics, and I'm more than willing, and I read Batman. So if there's a all three major lawyers in continuity, I support. So I had to do that, and then learning about MMA and the fights, like I had like a count out. Uh, if you scroll down a little bit, it's kind of cool. That that's a homage of a Daredevil cover. And I think they did a great job.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they nailed it. We
1: the barrel cover. That's a they there's a really stuff. And that is 100 percent like you know how most homages are like, oh, we're just throwing a homage. We think it's cool. Literally, that issue, that cover that, that we put together is what happens in the issue. Like everything on that cover represents what happens in the issue, which I think is really cool.
0: Yeah, that's so really it's cool. not just
1: a homage for like like props, it's a homage because it matters. Uh and I love that cover, that's my favorite.
0: So do they all like wear the mask as well?
1: Yeah, they're all part of a gang. They're all part Ooh. of a gang. Um, we don't say a lot about them in here, but they uh, they they mess things up, and they're they're part of a gang, a local gang, uh, who uh, do some bad things. It uh, Looks like someone dies, so maybe, maybe we'll have to see. Yeah, why, yeah. Why oh my goodness. Doing. So, um, but yeah, then- they're, they're very cool.
0: And we have some of these uh, interiors right here. We did have these on an image slideshow, but now we get the opportunity to see them a little bit larger. I love how it starts off with, you know, talking about a choice and how significant that one choice can be. Uh, You know, I feel like even, you know, inside fighting and outside fighting, you know, often the choices we make can can lead us down the very path we walk today.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the theme kind of of no contest. So I want to, you know, he's a criminal defense lawyer. So that means he's getting criminals off the street like so like people are like oh that's bad like right we don't want criminals like uh no we're getting criminals keeping criminals on the street like the opposite he's not mm-hmm. getting them off the street he's keeping them on the street um but as someone who you know grew up in a home you know having a parent versus not is a big thing you know if you have a guy who did a crime who's going to face 20 years and you can get him home in five so he can have a dad, that kid has a better chance of not becoming on the street, right? Like yeah. there's these things that you gotta factor in. There's a lot of variable sets. Why we chose no contest. Cause it's, it's kind of a, it's both, it's a fighting term. You know, you get to no contest yield and it's also a law term of, you know, uh, of, of pleading to stuff. So that, the whole theme of the book is trying to balance the good and the bad of the world. Like really mm-hmm. looking at it from a lens of yes, but. He did this, but what? what's the long-term repercussions? Unlike a Joker, like Joker should have really been murdered. Like that guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really sort of real life guys and doing real life decisions. What made you a criminal? What made you this? You know, so the, the first page you just showed was from the first issue. This is from the second issue.
0: Batman's listening to you right now. Like, what do you say? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not oh, killing Joker.
0: How did it feel? You know, with the first issue kind of just being like a in real life, like a court hearing, and then making it a little bit more comic-y. How was that transition for you?
1: Uh, it was good. It was it was a tough conversation with the the creator. I mean, he's he loves comics. He reads comics with me. In fact, we talk about our poll every week. Um, it, it was really good, like feeling because the first issue he was like, I really want to, I think that MMA is going to be a big fit. And we found out that MMA doesn't really translate to comics. You know, you'll notice that wrestling fans read comics. But you don't see a lot of MMA fans reading comics. They they're mm-hmm. not universal. I thought they were universal. It made logical sense to me, but they weren't. I was like, okay, well, for issue two, if we're going to keep doing this, we need to make it more comic-y. So how much comic-ism can we put in this? And and it's also going to help make it show that this is a fictional version of you, not a real version of you, right? Mm-hmm. If we add some, some comic stuff. So that's why we added the gang in there. We're adding some extra stuff, you know, making it a little bit more superhero-ish and, and doing doing that, that aspect. So
0: what do you think uh, is the connect with wrestling in uh, MMA? Like, why do you think wrestling hits where MMA doesn't?
1: scripted storytelling man like i I think that's it like like when you watch uh wrestling you know you know the feud you know what's going on you know who the good guy and the bad guy is just like on spider-man you know green goblin's bad and spidey's good right (laughs) so
0: So who is the creative team involved uh was it the same team uh, for issue one as issue two
1: yeah, 100%. Like this is uh that's one of the things that I try to do is try to make sure that we have the 100% of the, the creative team staying on. Like I said, this is their team from Brazil. They they love this book. Um and they do some cool stuff. They actually do Zorro in Brazil. Like uh, Oh, that's people- awesome. Right. So like uh it, it's that's kind of cool. Uh they're kind of a big deal. Um so they're doing doing lots of stuff in in that aspect. And I think that they they put together a great book um and then we try to get the variant cover artists uh from all over to help you know kind of showcase stuff Mm
0: -hmm. this is so cool i mean so what trials and tribulations did you guys run into i was it it can't be all just a walk in the park taking you know a a fight lawyer who does mma and putting him into a comic book was there any hitches along the
1: way uh no the the only hitches is like um enthusiasm and trying to figure it out and like explaining Mm -hmm. Kickstarter right like he's a lawyer he can he can pay to just print this right and we can get it to the comic store no big deal right he could pay for the whole thing but I'm like but we're building a fan base on Kickstarter and I have a fan base on Kickstarter they would love to read this book how are they gonna get it and like trying to build that and trying to change the mindset and then him trying to change my views on criminal law right because you know uh you know I tend to be a little on the liberal side so like trying to understand all these things and trying, trying to get it. And then adding the fiction and nonfiction in there and then legal rights. Like, so for issue two, we were supposed to have ghost face killer. Like, le- oh, that legit. would have been
0: so cool. He is
1: a lawyer for the ghost face killer and what that looks like, like how hard that is to pull off. So, uh, all right. So some of these guys, the two people in the front are, are, are big fighters. So one of them, I, I just brought up over here for you. So uh, the guy on the left is Lorenzo hunt. He's the juggernaut Lorenzo Hunt. He is. Uh, he actually he does some MMA, some low level UFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is also has a couple of titles. Um, and then the guy to the other side is Mike Davies, who's Beast Boy in the UFC. He's he's a very big deal. He's a UFC featherweight uh, champion, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's uh, that's a big deal. And then Elvis Espinosa is on the top, and he does. Uh, he works for. PFL, which is uh, another professional fight league, and then that's the so guy cool. to the right is uh, uh, the, a character that we created for the comic, and then that's Daniel in the in the center.
0: That's so cool. That is so. That's awesome. Has that Daniel uh, been? So has he done fights too, or just uh, yeah, he's ju- a boxer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. And then Paige is complete as well. So issue two is already done, or on correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that that I stand out versus other other Kickstarters, not that I'm the only one who doesn't, but all my books are 100% done before they launch. Uh, mm-hmm. Meaning the art is 100% done. The lettering may not be done. It may not be edited. But the 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 major big bulk of everything, all the covers and the and the stuff is done. Um, so that's that's a big deal when we do this stuff.
0: So real quick, let's just head over some of these tiers as well so you can get No Contest Digital. Uh, for four bucks, just for the PDF, I- you can get uh, issue one and two for eight. So how many pages altogether is that?
1: Uh, so that would be... 44 pages so the first issue is 20 and 24 for the next
0: so yeah outstanding price for eight bucks can't beat that we have ten dollars or more for the physical of issue two with the cover a 15 or more for issue one and two uh physical copies uh both cover a's on those and then you get your first variant so cover b for at 20 bucks uh, and you get that uh daredevil uh homage uh beautiful cover right there uh we have uh pledge 20 or more you get cover c as well and then cover D at 30, so you get the pro fighter cover as well. And right. then we have 70 or more issue one and two with the variant bundle. So what other uh, titles can we see in this variant bundle? Is it just uh, all uh, no contest?
1: It's all no contest, <laughs> but it's uh, all the covers from issue one and all the covers from issue two. Okay.
0: And yeah, at 70 bucks, that is one hell of a bang for your buck right there. We have 100 or more no contest to collector's kit. So
1: what all is going to be inside of this? So with that, you'll get, uh, he has a shirt that he does. He you'll polybag, bag. It. And then those two prints right there, are exclusive to that, that set.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And then get drawn into uh plus two covers as well. So appear in the comic for 175 bucks. Right. Uh, there's and, only s- six of those left. So jump on it while you still can guys.
1: Yeah. And that's those six, you know, so that sample picture right there, that's six people who've already paid that. So they've already been willing. They bought it beforehand. So, you know, we have another six. We're going to have a double page spread on that. And basically what the concept is, you're watching it. It's basically all these fighters come to him. So you, whatever your character, you, it could be you or if you want to dress up as a fighter, if you want to see yourself both, mm-hmm. uh, come up, uh, come up to him and ask him to defend him in a lock case. And then he gives a witty response. And we're, we're going to do some fun stuff with that.
0: Yeah, and if you want six-pack abs, you can get it for the cheap, cheap, low of price of 175 So save yourself some time in the gym and uh, just get those bad boys drawn on. Uh, exactly. and that, that's it, guys. So right here is the link. Be sure to check this out and back while you still can. Travis, after going through this Kickstarter in its entirety, what would you like to say to anyone who might be on the fence about backing?
1: Uh, Well, one, if you message Cody, he can give you the digital. He'll give you the digital of issue one for free. I'll make sure he has it. (laughs) So if you message Cody, uh, sorry to put that work on you, but if you really want to read it and you're like, I don't know if I like it, Cody will send you the digital. I got you. He'll He'll get you the digital (laughs) for absolutely free so you can try out the first issue. Uh, The second thing is... I think you'll really like it. Like you're gonna gonna get some real law situations because we have a real lawyer being part of it. So it's not unlike Daredevil where they're kind of fictional lawsuits. So you're gonna have a real law situations as well as real fighting situations because I learned a lot. Did you know, Cody? Um, are you an MMA guy or UFC guy? I, I watch it a little okay. bit. Okay, so you know how you get these guys with like. Oh, he's got like a seven, six record and he's got a seven and six or how we, uh, or are zero and seven, uh, seven and zero, seven and zero. How do they get these records? They will go overseas to like Brazil and literally get matches where the guy will lose to them on purpose. But they're pro fighters for like a hundred bucks a match. And they'll do like a weekend of fights, like three I mean, fights think, a night.
0: They're called journeymen, aren't they?
1: yeah yeah so these guys will lose fights so these guys can get their record up so they can have these fights together like it is wild i love the
0: memes like i'm not sorry go ahead
1: yeah yeah. it's it's wild like the underground of fighting and like if you work for this group you can't work for this like it is so competitive and and talking to these mma because when he does like a a grand opening or does one of his parties like they're all there talking about like all this corrupt and crazy stuff in the MMA world. So, and for what, right? Most of these guys are never gonna get to the UFC. They're like 30 year old something or somethings who are literally beating the shit at each other for 125 bucks. Like, what the fuck, what is going on? I don't yeah, dude, uh
0: Yeah, uh, dude, I, I, the only reason I know about that is because I would see the memes are like, they'll, they'll fight in like a tank top and then it'll be like zero and then two and then 98 losses. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, why are you still going? Like. Uh, yeah, but a hundred bucks to take a loss, and I mean, um you know, th- th- getting your ass beat is one thing, but often like it's head trauma. There, you know, like you're you're re- taking blows to the head after so many rounds. Like that does something like to you mentally.
1: Yeah, uh, so it's wild trying to figure all this stuff out, and like that's that's the stuff you'll get to learn. We're gonna go really deep into that stuff, and again, Ghostface Killer could be a possibility. He he is, Daniel Martinez is actually the lawyer for Fight Skills. He actually represents him. He's an and, entertainer
0: as well. You know, I th- I thought it was really interesting you brought up the corruption part, too, because that's a big thing that's happening with the UFC now, Not like today's standards, right, is a lot of fighters, uh, they're they're choosing to do something else because they're getting paid more for the fight uh, than they ever would make at UFC. And then a big thing is that slap boxing stuff that's been going on, too, right? I don't know if that's mm-hmm. associated with the same thing.
1: It's not associated with the same thing, but that's like hella more dangerous, right? Like you are literally bracing yourself to be hit. Like in boxing, regardless of in any fight, like your goal is to take as least damage as possible. You keep fighting. Regardless of, you know, obviously there you you get cold cocked and stuff like that, but your head was probably dodging. In those slap fights, you're literally like, all right, go ahead. Like you're and you're they're going fetal. Right. After most hits, people are like going fetal and like sh- starting to shake a little. It's like I'm good. Yeah, right, 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 right. We got an NFL guy falling in the middle of an NFL match this year in slap fights, putting people in fetal positions. Like, what are we doing? Yes. What, what is happening? What is entertainment these days?
0: The slapping, man. Oh, my goodness. So speaking of 2023, Travis, what's next for you? What's uh, what's up on the plate? I know we were talking about uh, Grand State Punk uh, getting released from Scout.
1: Yeah, um, next week, uh, 329. That's a big deal. That's a big thing. If you're at Megacon, if you're in the Florida or Orlando area, and you to MedCon. I have the whole creative team. I've flown out uh, the letters from Canada, he's out. Uh Jerome, uh Patrick Brewire, the guy who's the artist, is from Ohio. He's flying out. in um, Ohio. and Cody, it's dude, it's been wild. Like I am paid April 15th. I'm going to this con in New Hampshire. They paid me to fly me out there and they ordered 250 copies of my book with a variant cover. Let's and they're, go. they're putting it in the VIP VIP bags for everyone who got there. How cool is that? Like,
0: let's go, that, that, dude. That's
1: that's for such a like higher level that I'm at, and that uh, I'm so blessed that this is happening to me. And getting to that level, the sales were really, really good. So that's what's that. Then we got expired coming out for the Kickstarter. We have the next Kickstarter, and that's hopefully going to release before the end of the month. I finished the Kickstarter. Got to submit it to um, to uh, Kickstarter. Hopefully, they'll approve it got the Broke Down Trade after that. We've got Cthulhu Invades Neverland, which is really cool. We've, in fact, actually, even on our website, if you go to orangeconeproductions.com, you can actually get a, uh, a preview copy. So we got it. And and how cool is that, Cody? I'm at the point now, because I do so many books that I have books that I can't put on Kickstarter because I'm so busy. So there's a couple of books that go direct to my website and like you can buy, which is so amazing that we're at this level that we can do stuff like that. Um, Voodoo Nations Four, uh, I can keep going, uh, but I, I think you got enough. That's that's the next four books. I think <laughs> we're good. But you know, I got about twelve books this year. It's gonna be wild. That's not counting Coins of Judas. If you,
0: ah, <sighs> yeah, you just dropped issue two of that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is done. The first arc is done, and we're doing another one. Coins of Judas um, uh, is coming back in October with uh, another arc uh, of two issues called The Gambler. So. It's wild. I'm so excited. I'm so blessed. Uh, And I hope I can make it. I I hope I I get to that next level. I hope everyone who has my phone number from the early days gets to sell it for lots of money. And I get rung by by people who want to ask me questions late at night. Like, I'm excited. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I I think, uh, you know, putting in the amount of work that you're doing is going to just lead you there. You're going to eventually they're going to have no choice but to do it. Right. It's the brute force tactic. Like that's kind of like my method, like with everyone's like, Cody, like, how do you do all these podcasts every day? It's like, I I want this. Like, this is what I want. Like, and it's like that passion, like takes you and fuels you. But it's almost like, you know, you got to watch yourself, too, because it's like maybe I'm doing too much. Maybe I need to take a day off and breathe a little bit. Right. Uh, So I think that brings me to my last question. And that's where I get to ask you for a little bit of advice. And so as someone who is just doing so much and putting out so much work, you know, what is some of the biggest things you do to make sure you don't burn out? Like for anyone out there looking to kind of increase their workload without burning out, you know, what could they do to just make sure they're they're able to maintain that balance?
1: Yeah, that that's really tough. Because uh, you're, you're gonna burn out. Um, uh, and that's, and I think burning out is when you realize who you are. And whether or not you really want those, right? Like, if you burn out and can come back, like that's that's the stuff. Uh, and the people who are burning out and stuff, like I, uh, I had to let someone go from uh, my Cthulhu Invades, well, uh, Neverland, who's been a you know ride or die guy for me for a long time, uh, but he's kind of burned out, and like I can feel it, and it's struggling. And I waited six months for a script, and I haven't got there. And these these things need to be done. Uh, I think the the key to that is know when it's coming and take the time. Um, but also don't make it your life. Right. So some people like and you and I are, are just as guilty as anybody else. Like, all right, I stream all day. I'm writing this or doing that. And then you're out late night. on a, You're up till two in the morning talking on a Twitch stream. Twitter (laughs) doesn't help you. Right. It doesn't really help your career. Like, but you're doing it because you love the community. You love the people in it. You want to get your name out. You want to get your name associated with this. You want to hear, you want someone in that group to maybe go, Oh, I want to be a guest on your show. next." Like there's all these variables. Mm -hmm. Make sure you take that time for your wife, make sure your family's uh, really important. And I think that that, that will always keep you balanced because you know that what you're doing it for, um, you know, I think a lot of people, forsake work for everything else and i don't do that you know when COVID hit like everyone's like oh my god this is horrible i can't leave like i was like great i've been wanting to spend more time with my family this is awesome like i i actually took it from the the other point of view like the whole world is going to shit. every church i'm I'm gonna get a soapbox here for a minute every church in america prayed hey Make sure families are together keep families unified the minute shit hits the family are just like no we gotta get away from our families as quick as possible we gotta get back out of there i gotta get to the movies i gotta get to bowling i gotta do all this bullshit like instead of going like hey maybe you should just just focus on your family this is your opportunity to see what's going on think mm-hmm. about the celebrities who never see their kids grow up who got to spend two years with their kids like because shut down they couldn't make their movies and they had to actually see what their kid's about how many kids uh, how much in the suicide rate like they don't like to talk about it. if you look at the suicide rate the suicide rate went down during those two years because people were home mm-hmm. and you were watching what the kid was doing <laughs> like like you saw the depression that they were going through and trying to deal with it you know people were like oh this this, that no the suicide rate went down they don't like to talk about that but it did because we mm-hmm. cared and do that And i think that that's the most important it's just focusing on the things that matter in your life and why you're doing it. And comics matter tremendously to me. I'm not saying that they don't. But if I don't have my family and they, they I, I can't raise my kids properly or do that, like, what's it for? Like, yeah. I'm writing for strangers, which are great that they can enjoy me. And and we've heard this, right, of people who they, their kids are talking about how my dad was just doing all those things for other people. He loved that enjoyment of, like, acting and being out for everybody else, but never for himself. And mm-hmm. I think that's important.
0: Yeah, I, uh, all that uh, came to mind right there was uh, Tom Brady, right? Like, his kid, what? like, o- only time uh, his kid's able to spend time with him is if he play, boots up, like, the PlayStation 4 Madden, right? It's, it's <laughs> I, I, could, I could never uh, do that. That's, like, you know, a big thing with interviewing. Like, I always made sure, like, uh, it never fell on the times I had my kids. Like, if it did, like, they're either at school or they're sleeping. Um, and I even tried to get to the point where I'm scheduling the days, you know, that they're with their moms. Like, so that way I'm yep. making sure none of this touches them because – know that times that yeah for them and you're right if 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 you're just letting your passion overrun it then i mean you're not even being a parent at that point you're just like chasing your dreams and you're not even giving them a chance to have theirs
1: yeah i mean you can't you know what's the point of going on vacation if you're you know if you're not there present like if you're somewhere Mm -hmm. else these things have to matter and these things have a cost you know you're going to pay for it one way or the other you know uh, if you don't pay attention to your kids now, like where are they going to be? My my daughter, so I have a daughter who's turning 21 this year, which is freaking wild. She's turning 21 this year. And when she left, she like didn't want anything to do with me. She left the house. She moved in with a friend of mine. and I was panicking, right? Uh, I, my friend stopped contacting me. and was like, I'm going to take your daughter now. Like it was crazy to me and losing my mind. But, you know, someone sat down and he's like, do you think you're a good dad? Like, and really like, be there, do you think you're a good dad? then no one can tell you your relationship with your daughter. And I Mm -hmm. literally just had to calm down for a minute. A month later, my daughter was calling me. We're back in a relationship, trying to build it really fast. But I was so scared of letting go. And I didn't realize like, no, I did the work to earn, earn that. Like no one can take that away from you. Mm -hmm. But if you don't and you let all these other things or even the pursuit of money, like like money being the objective of everything, like that stuff consumes who you are over time. And, uh, you know, if you don't enjoy it, enjoy like getting the book and reading it and loving that dude, I created this, it's in the world, loving your kid. I, 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 I love my kid. They're in the world. I can do great things. You know, it's, it's, it's and we get, you know, you and I both shared offline, you know, we have, uh, baby mamas, like, it's so horrible when you see people who live in that drama, like, you guys split up seven years ago whatever why are you still fighting or like i have a friend of mine who posts every week my uh my ex-wife stole half of my retirement even before we were married like the court system's got to change like who cares like it doesn't matter do you have your kids do you see your kids that's all mm-hmm. that matters so so what if you have to pay child support or whatever yeah it sucks it sucks but you get to see your kids like it's just money like uh,
0: and time with your kids is the most invaluable thing out there you can't ever get that back there's nothing you can pay thousands of millions of dollars billions of dollars and you'll never get that time you didn't spend with your kids back Uh, awesome advice travis thank you so much for swinging by Uh, everyone watching this has been one hell of a chat it's awesome to finally get you on we're gonna have to get you back on for your future releases everybody out there in the meantime though you can back No contest issue one and two right here. Be sure to do so. And if you're unable to, simply putting this on Facebook and Twitter is 100% free and you have nothing to lose. That being said, it is time for us to wrap up. Hope you all have a lovely Tuesday evening, but most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.